Hello everyone and welcome to another Chatterbug stream. My name is Max Roberts. Let's learn some English. Hello and welcome to this lovely Saturday morning. Um, thank you all for some fantastic questions sent in already. We are doing a Q&A and this means you send in your questions and I answer them. Um, so I will start with all of the questions that people sent in already. And if you ask any questions during the stream, I will try to answer them if I have time. Um, but we'll start with the questions that everyone sent in already. Um, really, really excellent questions. And our first question was from Diana J. Um, and the question was, what is the difference between sick and ill. What is the difference between sick and ill? Well, sick and ill are often used, we say interchangeably, and this means that um, you can use both words in pretty similar situations. But there is a slight difference. Um, so let me show you. Um, I feel a bit sick today. I feel a bit sick today. Or he's ill and he can't come to work. So I would say the main difference is ill is more when you actually know what it is. So sick is kind of a little bit more vague, a bit kind of like, oh, it's just happened and I don't really know what it is. Whereas ill is more like when we're talking about specific illness, like he's gone to the doctor already, they've told him he's not well and that he has to stay home. And so in that sense, ill, is a bit more specific. You can also say, like, uh, he's been ill in hospital for weeks, um, meaning that it might be even something quite serious, whereas sick is sort of a, a little bit more vague. Also, sick we usually use to talk about, like, the feeling of having a bad stomach or um, feeling like you need to throw up or go to the toilet. Um, and especially in British English, to be sick means to actually throw up, whereas in the US it means to not be well. So if I say I was I uh, I am I am I was sick, um, in Britain that can mean that you actually threw up, whereas in America it might just mean that you were unwell. Um, and so I would say the Brits tend to use ill more uh, when describing not feeling well, whereas Americans say sick a lot more when they're talking about like, you know, oh, my child is sick, so I have to look after them today. Um, hello everyone, good to see you. Uh, nice to see you, Max, hello, good name. Uh, hello Marat, hello Bella, Aksana, um, Nikki, Busy Chrissy, Ty Abby, welcome to the stream. So, to sum up sick versus ill, sick is a little bit less definite. Ill is like, I'm in bed, and I'm sweating and I feel terrible. Whereas sick, you might just use like, oh, I'm a bit sick today, but I'll get better. Brits use ill more, Americans use sick more. Uh, hello, Destiny, hello, Arroyo, welcome. So the next question um, was from Monica. And the question was, when do we say like my mother says? And when do we say as my mother says? Now again, these can be used interchangeably. This means that Pretty much any situation you can use one or the other and it doesn't really make a difference. Um, what I will say is, as I say, or as my mother says, is more formal 
and it's nicer to use in writing. Like I say, it sounds more informal and it's not good to use in, um, it's not good to use in writing as much. Um, it sounds a little bit more casual. Um, as I say, sounds much more elegant. As I say, blah, blah, blah. Whereas like I say, blah, blah, blah. Um, as I say, definitely sounds more elegant, nicer in writing. But you can use them interchangeably, um, no problem whatsoever. The next question was, what is the difference between at and next to? What is the difference between at and next to? Um, hello, by the way, in chat, uh, da, uh, Danny, hello Juan, hello Magisas, hello Juan, uh, Hauri, uh, Haurima, good to see you, welcome. If you have any questions, please do ask, I will try and answer them. Hamid is asking about disease. Um, disease, I wouldn't say like I'm diseased. Disease is like the sort of, you know, you talk about like other side, society had lots of disease, so you talk about illness as a kind of scientific thing. But I would never say like I have, I am diseased or I have a disease. Um, Good. What is the difference between at and next to? What is the difference between at, at and next to? Um, and I think Monica was asking in terms of like, what is the difference between I'm sitting at the table or next to the table, but, or I'm standing at the door or next to the door. Um, but I think it's useful to think of it in bigger terms and then look at the detail. So, if I say he is at the supermarket, that means he could be inside, or right outside, or moving around inside. At is kind of, he is generally in the space of the supermarket. He is spending time in and around the supermarket. Whereas if I say he is next to the supermarket, that means the supermarket is here, and he is here. Um, so at, he could be in, he could be next to, he could be going in, he could be coming out. He is at the supermarket, he is just generally in the space of the supermarket, using the supermarket. Whereas next to is literally next to and not in it. Um, so, if I were to say, he is at the door, that means that I'm not being specific about his location, I'm just saying that where the door is, that's where he is as well. Sort of in or around the door, he is at the door. So he could be waiting outside patiently, or he could be leaning in it, Whereas if I say he is next to the door, that means the door is here and he is there or there. Um, so it's being more specific. He is at the table means we're just talking generally the idea of the table. He is using it. He is at the table. He is eating. Whereas if I say he is next to the table, the table is here and he is here. And I'm saying he, uh, it's more about his position rather than what he is doing. So at is more about what we're doing and um, next to is more about our position. Um, very, very good. Uh, Miguel, hello, it's great to see you again. Uh, Harima, uh, at is when you talk about the place and next to is when the thing is near you, exactly. So at is sort of like what you're doing, next to is where you are, in a way, in a way. Um, this was a really good question from Diana. I really liked this question. Why is it a university and not an university? Why is it an FBI case and not 
a FBI case? And that is a really, really good question. So obviously we know that we use a when the word starts with a consonant, so a dog, a cat, a door, a table, and we use an when it starts with a vowel, an owl, an octopus, an orange, for example. But there are some words that don't follow this rule, and it's really because of the way we say the word rather than how it's spelt, and so that's the rule that you've got to look out for. How do we say the word, not how do we spell it? So, for example, here are two examples. A unit or an hour. So, a unit we say with a y sound, which isn't proper, like, it's a vowel, but it isn't. You know, you say a, a, um, a yogurt pot. A yogurt pot, we say. Um, and so anything that begins with a y sound, we say with a. So even though unit begins with a vowel, we say a unit. Whereas an hour, the H is silent. We don't pronounce the H. So we say a an hour. An hour. Because even though we write it with an H, we don't say the H. Uh, same with university, um, a university, it starts with a sort of y sound. Um, so let's look at these examples. Uh, these were the examples that Diana asked about. So if you think about the way that we say FBI, we don't say a f b e case, we say an FBI case, and it sounds like we start with a vowel, or an honest mistake. Uh, the H is silent, or a university. Uh, so it's more about the way we say the word rather than how it's spelt. Um, here's an example where US Americans and um, Brits say something different. So in America, the word herb is pronounced with a silent H, and they say an herb, an herb, or an herb, an herb. Whereas me, as a Brit, I say a herb, a herb, and so because I say the H, in Britain we say a herb, whereas an American would say an herb. Um, similarly, if you look at other ones like FBI, we say an MA, an LGBT person, an NDA, and it's because they sort of start with a vowel sound, it's not ma, it's an M. A, an M A, so it sounds like a vowel. Um, very good. Uh, hello, Joaquin, welcome to the stream, good to see you. Um, next question was from uh, Sadie, and it was about conditional sentences. Uh, and this is difficult, conditional one, two, and three. Um, so I thought I'd give you an example of conditional sentences, and then we'll talk about when you use which type of conditional in which situation. Um, so we have conditionals one, two, and three. Conditional sentences are sentences where something hasn't happened. It's like an idea or a potential for something to happen. So conditional one, this sentence is conditional one. Um, if it rains today, you will get wet. If it rains today, 
you will get wet. So conditional one we use for situations that are real and in the present. So something that m could happen today, something that I'm waiting for to hear, like if I get the job, then I will cancel my holiday. So this means I've already applied for the job. And we use that present tense, if I get the job. That means I've applied for the job or I'm thinking about applying for the job. If I get the job, then I will cancel my holiday. If it rains today, then I would get wet. Now conditional two sounds like this. If it rained, you would get wet. So if it rains, I will get wet versus if it rained, you would get wet. And conditional two is used for hypothetical situations that could happen now or any time. Um, so conditional one, I said if it rains today, whereas conditional two, if I'm saying if it rained, I would get wet, and this could be mean tomorrow, in two years, in three years, in a thousand years in the future, I'm just talking about a general thing that could happen any time. So if I got a job, then I would have more money. So this is something that could happen in the past, now, or the future. If you, get a, if you got a job, you would have more money. Whereas if I get the job, then I will have more money is something I'm actually in the process of. Now finally, conditional three, and this is really advanced English, by the way, everyone, so well done for watching. Conditional three, if it had rained, you would have gotten wet. If it had rained, you would have gotten wet. So conditional three is used for situations in the past that didn't happen but could have happened. Conditional three is used for situations in the past that didn't happen but could have happened. So this is the kind of alternate reality I like to think of it. So if I had accepted that job, I would have more money than I do now. If I had accepted that job, then I would have more money than I do now. Um, so that means um, in the past it was an option, but I took a different option. And so this is what actually happened, this is what could have happened. Uh, so if it had rained, I would have gotten wet. So I could be talking about yesterday or last week. If it had rained, but it didn't. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with conditional. I think I'm going to do a stream on this, an advanced stream, because I know this is like an advanced English lesson. It's not easy. So let's, let's do that as a stream, I think. Um, let me know if you would like me to do that as a stream. Um, so, by the way, everyone, this is, next up is the last question that someone sent in already. So if you have any questions, please ask in the chat right now. Any questions at all about uh, Chatterbug, about English grammar, English spelling, English culture, about me, whatever you want to know, now is the time to ask a question. Uh, so we had a question from Tobias, and the question was, do I need a visa for the UK post-Brexit? Do I need a visa for the UK post-Brexit? So Tobias, I believe you're from Europe. Um, and so the situation now for EU, EEA or Swiss citizens, you can still visit the UK without a visa for a short period. I think it's up to 90 days. Um, 
the big difference now is you used to be able to live and work in the UK without a visa, but now there is a process. Uh, it's not as easy anymore. So since leaving the European Union, it has become harder for Europeans to settle in the UK. Um, but for holidays and everything, it's pretty much exactly the same for EU citizens. Uh, you just can't stay longer than 90 days. Um, so that's what I would say is, it's not a huge difference if you just want to travel, but it's a big difference if you want to live and work there. Um, and studying is more difficult as well. Um, very, very good. Um, busy Chrissy, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the, um, I'm glad you liked the explanation. Um, Victoria, what is the difference between because of and owing to, please? Okay, good question. Um, let me write that, because of or owing to. So first of all, I would say owing to is very, very formal. Um, it's not used that much in spoken English. I would say it's more kind of written, written English in sort of case studies, documents, science language. Um, it's definitely more kind of academic to say owing to. Um, because of is more formal and spoken. Uh, so I, um, I took the bus because of the rain. Whereas to say I took the bus owing to the rain, that sounds really, really strange and I would not say that in spoken English. So I took the bus because of the rain. Um, whereas so, um, owing to usually starts a sentence, I think. Um, and yes, it's definitely more formal. So let me think of a, an owing to sentence. Owing to sentence. Uh, so, great, okay, very good. Uh, here's a nice example. The game was cancelled owing to torrential rain. Um, but I would say this sounds really formal. This sounds very, very formal, very, very fancy, and um, I would not use it in spoken language. Um, it, would, I would, it would be more in kind of like a news article or an essay. Um, where do you want to retire? Um, where do you want to retire, Valerie? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I guess it depends what sort of family I have or what sort of, um, you know, situation I am later in life. Um, so that is a good question. Where do I want to retire? I'm not really thinking about retirement at the moment. <laughs> I don't, hmm, good question. I think maybe here in Germany it might be a bit easier than the UK because I know that as a retired person, um, it's the system is a bit more generous in Germany than in the UK. But again, it just depends on what my job had been, where I'd been working, where my family was, all of those things. Uh, so I can't say, but right now I would say I would probably be more comfortable here. But then who knows, when I'm 70, the world might be very different. <laughs> Maybe England will be underwater, we don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows where I'll go. Um, fingers crossed, things aren't too different. Um, next question. Ah, Elfrida, I would like to know if there is a rule for using which or what. 
or doesn't it matter? Um, so, which we really only use when there's like, there's options. So, uh, which ice cream flavour would you like? Would you like? Which ice cream flavour would you like? So which is kind of when there are a limited number of options. So let's say, um, you know, there, there are a limited number of ice cream flavours on the planet. So which ice cream flavour is your favourite? Um, that means we know that there is a limit to how many there could possibly be. Um, what is a lot more general than which? So which is like, out of this selection, which one are we talking about? Whereas what um, is a bit more kind of general and broad. Um, so what's your name? We say what is your name because there are sort of an endless possibility of names. Whereas if I were to say which is your name, that would m me, to me suggest that I know that either your name is Henry or Dave or Bob. And I'm going, oh, so which out of these three is your name? Whereas what is your name would be sort of, out of every single possible word combination in existence, what is your name? Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. These are great questions, thank you. Uh, Jarima, what is the difference between on and by? Um, in what sense, let me know what kind of sentence you mean. Because obviously we have on as a preposition, like I'm on top, I am by the bench, I'm on the bench. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if you maybe mean in another situation. So let me know, write, write, write like a sentence that you mean. Um, Sadie, uh, yes, thank you very much for answering my question. It would be great to make a lesson on conditional sentences. I will do that, I will absolutely do a stream on conditionals. Um, Aliona, what books would you recommend for studying English? Ooh. Ooh, what books? Do you know what? I'm going to do a stream on that. I will make a stream about what books uh, we should do. So let me make a note of that. Um, what books do you recommend for studying English? Um, do you mean more sort of... Do you mean more sort of... Um, do you mean sort of like books that just like fiction that are good books that will help you improve your English or do you mean books that are actually about studying English? Let me know. Um, Taebi, would you make a stream about relative pronouns please? Absolutely, yeah, I can do that as well. I'll put that on my list. Um, relative pronouns, um, you mean sort of like who, who's, whom, which and that. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can absolutely do that, which one, how many, with whom, with what. Yeah, absolutely, that's great. Um, Valerie, <laughs> are you working on a podcast? I haven't thought about a podcast yet, but I will, I'll consider it, I will consider it. I know that some of you said you would listen, so that's very, very sweet. Um, but yeah, I'll consider it. Um, very, very good. Um, and then you would like a stream about pro, um, podcasts as well. I can, I will also do that. Um, very, very good. Hello, Angie. Welcome to the stream. Uh, hello, Arshed. Hello, Mafia. Good to see you. I don't have that any more questions. So, 
I'm going to give you... Ah, here we go. Uh, Elfrida, when you do your theatre work in March, would you still be live streaming? I would be sad if not. Um, so usually if I do theatre work, I will try and do a couple of streams, but I do a lot. I, I definitely won't do as many. Um, so it might be that I take a week off, or two weeks off, or, you know, um, just to do the theatre work. But it wouldn't be for like a long, long, long time. It would only be for a couple of weeks, and then I would be back. Um, Aliona. Ah, okay. Um, so for actual sort of like grammar books for learning English. Okay, that's good. I'll do a stream about that because um, off the top of my head I can't think of anything. Um, but I will, um, I can do a stream, I can do a stream about that. Um, Tobias, what do you think of the idea of making a stream for newcomers learning English about how the English language actually came about? And why English became a world language. That would be interesting. What do you think? An insight into English. Ooh, that's a really interesting topic for a stream. I think, yeah, I'm going to steal that as well. I'll do a stream on that. <laughs> Absolutely, I will steal that. Very, very good. Um, Hamid, the difference between poisonous and venomous. Okay. Poisonous versus... Venomous. Now, um, that's a really good question. Um, I would say for me, again, um, venomous sounds more sort of um, scientific. Uh, so, like if I'm watching a nature documentary, they will say, you know, it is uh, the animal has a venomous bite. Um, but whereas poisonous to me sounds a little bit more like like in a fairy tale, like, you know, when they say, like, the poisoned apple. Um, let me just see if there's any more differences that they say. Uh, ooh, okay, interesting. So, poison. Really good. Po okay, I didn't actually know this. That's a great question. So, poison is when it's sort of eaten or swallowed um, or absorbed through the skin. So, things like if you eat a poisonous mushroom... Um, or you touch a poisonous mushroom, then it goes into your skin. Whereas venom is when it's like injected into you by a spike or by a... Um, uh, so like a, a snake, when it bites you, that's venomous. Uh, so that's really good. I didn't even know that. That's really good. That's improving my English. So a snake has venom because it bites you and injects into you. Snakes have venom. Whereas mushrooms are, can be poisonous. There we go. Uh, snakes have venom, mushrooms can be poisonous. Really good question. Busy Chrissy. Ah, uh, Miguel, if there are two names written in a piece of paper and you want to know what the name of the person is, you can point and ask which is your name. Correct. Absolutely. So there are two options. Which of these is your name? Which of these two is your name? Uh, which is your name? Absolutely. Whereas what is your name is kind of more general. Um, busy Chrissy, are there plans to add other languages to Chatterbug? Maybe Italian? Yes, a lot of people request Italian. Uh, as far as I know, there aren't plans at the moment. Um, that can always change. Um, I know that it's been spoken about in the past. I think right now, maybe not. But um, it could be in the future. Um, you know, if, if things go well on all the other languages, then I'm sure more languages would be added. 
Mafia, I like chocolate ice cream. So do I. <laughs> Arshed, I would like to learn English. Tell me what's the best way to learn English. Um, just expose yourself to the language as much as possible. Listen to songs, uh, read books, uh, watch movies. Try and speak it as well. So get yourself into positions where you actually have to speak it. Um, and do that in combination with sort of classes. So you take classes and then on top of that, always, always, always try and speak and listen to and read the language. Um, really just exposure is sort of the best way. Um, so a bit of study and lots of exposure, I think, is the best way to learn a language. Because if you do sort of one hour just studying a week, but then you don't practice the language, it's hard for you to remember. Whereas if you don't, um, whereas if you don't have some kind of class, then sometimes it also, you know, things don't click. So I think it's a combination of a class and listening and speaking that will help you learn the language the quickest. Um, yes, Tobias, you do have good ex ideas for streams. So I'm glad you enjoyed the Scotland one as well. Um, Valerie, uh, will you prepare something, some special streams for us on the 14th of February? <laughs> yes, do you know what? Maybe I will have a dinner with all of you. Uh, <laughs> a special dinner date stream, why not? Um, and Hamid, where's Emily? I don't actually, I don't actually know. Um, so Emily and I work, live in different countries um, and, um, you know, as a streamer we decide our own schedule. Um, so I have no idea. Um, Elfrida, unfortunately I have no one to speak English with. That's definitely a problem. Well, might I suggest the um, Chatterbug platform to learn um, to learn English, and that is you will actually have a one-on-one -on -one tutor. It's not with me, it's with other wonderful tutors, but I do really recommend the product. It's really, really wonderful um, to sit down and talk to someone for 45 minutes um, with a guided lesson um, in the language you are learning. I've done it with Spanish and it's been really, really fun. I've done it with French as well um, and I really enjoy it. Um, very, very good. Uh, Tobias, uh, English is one of the most widely spoken languages. Um, ah, and you're also learning Spanish. Very good. Well, buenos dias to you, uh, Tobias. Is it still buenos dias? Yeah. Or no, buenos tardes, maybe. Just about. Anyway, um, that's it for today's stream. So thank you all for watching. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and these have been excellent, excellent questions today. I'll do another Q&A stream next week because um, you ask such good questions. So thank you all for watching. Thank you all for enjoying the lessons. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next one. So have a lovely weekend, whatever it is you're doing. And I will see you all very, very soon. Thank you, my dear friends. I speak to you later. Bye-bye.